All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. I love that Lynn just straightened her hat like everyone can see it. I know, because she, you know, came to the table. No, it, it doesn't, it slides around. It doesn't, it's not a, it's not a fitted hat. She's so active. It's one size and it's just a little bit stretched out so it doesn't stay put. All right. All right, ladies, if you're ready. Ready. Hi, ladies. How are you today? Wonderful. Good. How about you? Um... Great, as always. Oh, yeah. Welcome to all of our listeners. You are listening to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. By the end of this episode, you will have heard a lot of things you never needed to know. So we're here for. And maybe even a few things that'll change your life. Yes, maybe something they did need to know, but didn't know they needed to know. That's right. Yeah. I am Mary Swartz. I'm Hannah Green. I'm Lynn Samuels. And we are here with loads of information. Just for you. Yeah. Good stuff. We have made it our life's mission to fill your brain with stuff. 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 Like stuff and stuff that just rattles around in there. Yeah. No place to be. Nowhere to go. But maybe do. But maybe someday they'll make it on Jeopardy and we will be the reason they win. We're not. <laughs> or interesting things at a party when you've got nothing to say to somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of these could be really good things to share at a party. We yeah. have talked about a lot of really awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we so, have. Thanks, everybody, for taking the time to spend with us today. Woohoo. Hell yeah. Lynn. Yes, ma'am. Ooh, that was kind of formal. Wow. Ooh, can't get that out of her when she's sober. What the heck are you drinking this morning? Uh, uh, Brennan made me coffee this morning, and I believe he put cardamom, cinnamon, and vanilla in it. And Ooh. I'm going to guess yeah. some alcohol. Nope. I would say some nope. alcohol. Nope. No alcohol. Sorry. It's 9 a.m. It's a little early for me. I considered it because, all right, here's my question. And maybe your listeners can tell us too. So I had a glass of wine last night and I went to bed. And when I got up this morning, I noticed I had not actually finished my glass of wine. I thought I had, but I hadn't. It's got maybe two sips left in it. It's not enough to really put it in the fridge. But do you finish it the next morning or do you throw it out? Because I feel like throwing it out is such a waste. And it's St. Julian's, so I feel like that's really? like... You did not... You haven't drank it yet? No, it's sitting there staring at me, and I'm like, should I Get drink it. it this morning? Lynn, Lynn, it. Lynn. Right. it's grape juice. Drink it. You're right. It's grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really Dan's daughter. <laughs> She's the one they found under the cabbage bush. <laughs> cabbage bush? Sure. <laughs> Well, you can't really find her under the cabbage patch because then she'd be buried in the dirt. Yeah, because the cabbage patch is the whole thing. But right. I think it's a plant, not a bush. It's not a bush. Vine? What does cabbage no. grow on? It's one, a plant. One, one, it's like broccoli. It grows like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. Oh, I've seen Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts grow on a stalk. Cabbage yeah, does not grow on a stalk. 
Yeah, I bought it. But no, it's one plant. It's a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they found you under the cabbage plant. <laughs> Dad thought, huh, look. I don't have one of those yet. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> it's free is probably more likely because I think he might have already had a few of me. Not Mimi, but a few children already. Five or yeah, so. He didn't have a few of you because you are one of a kind. Yes. And the world is a better place because of that. <laughs> Can you and imagine she drinks me? at 9 a.m.? Can you imagine me as twins? Oh, that's another podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. I would just like to say it might not have been so bad for you if she'd been twins, but I was the younger child. I know. Thank God she wasn't twins. Yeah. I might not be here to tell the story. I probably wouldn't be here. I think. I think someone would have drowned me and my twin <laughs> or we would have drowned each other in our, Oh my God, we would not have survived because no one would have stopped us. We just would have done stupid things together without a, another person to be like, ah, bad idea. You wouldn't have shown up on your doorstep going, dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said, dude, it was my, like Mary, I lost my car and uh, I, I, uh, don't know where I am. So I walked to your house. And I got too drunk and I left and I walked over here, but I don't remember where the house was at all or whose house it was or how to find it. And I left my children with you to go find it. Oh. I'm not sure which one of us was worse that night. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. All right. Ready, ladies? Of yeah. course. Albertopolis. Ooh. Okay. We're on word of the week. Albertopolis. Albertopolis is the name of a uh, famous landmark in a town ran by a guy named Albert who has a very, very high opinion of himself and too much money. I was going to say Walmart, but it's Albertopolis. That's I was going to say this is what you call um, the cheerleading pyramid when Albert's on the top. (laughs) And he's kind of big and he's going to topple everybody. Yes. Yes. Lynn, you're really, really, really close. Wow. Ooh, okay. What is it? It is a group of museums or other cultural institutions named after Prince Albert. Oh. All right. Interesting. Good job, Lynn. Okay. Do you you accidentally came really close to being right. I Do you did. have <laughs> Do you have a word for us, Lynn? Sesquipedalian. You got a, something in your throat? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Sesquipedalian. How long did you have to practice that to say it that well? Not, not really. Wow. Okay. I it's actually spelled pretty much how it, how it looks. So it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to pronounce. I think that this is a really, really pretentious word. For cheese and crackers. <laughs> I think it's an underwater dinosaur. All right. That's what I think. Cool. He eats cheese and crackers, though. Well, the word pretentious, you worried me. Because the word pretentious plays into this. So I'm going to use it in oh. a sentence. Perusing the periodical filled with swepidillion verbiage is exceedingly tiresome. Oh, it must be like unnecessary wording flowery, unnecessary wording. 
Okay. How about long words? Long-winded long. or wordy. If you're like talking about a person, they would be long-winded or wordy. You could say a person was squepidillion, <laughs> but you can also refer to like a book or a page or an article as being squepidillion, meaning it's filled with many syllables. So the words are wordy, wordy words. Long wordy words. All right. Good. All right. That was good. Ready, ladies? Okay. I'm ready. Is some, this is something that I would be willing to bet the three of us rarely, if ever, use. It's called fipple. We rarely, if ever, use it? The three of us, yes. It's not a man's penis, son. I can't say the I other know. word, which you bleeped out. Why can you say man's penis? Because I'm the editor. Are you going to bleep that out? A man's bleep. I'm going to say the bad thing. You, I'll just bleep out everything. You say this naughty. That's fine. I've decided to use the other word at least eight, eight times in every episode. Just randomly. <laughs> I have the bleep on speed dial. <laughs> All right, piffle, piffle. I feel like that's an old-fashioned word, and I see like a like a school mom or an older lady saying piffle, but I I think it just means baloney. Like that's a bunch of piffle. Balderdash. Balderdash. Piffle. Yeah, piffle. Can you no, use no it? fipple? Oh, fipple. Sorry. Oh, fipple. sorry. Spell it, Johanna. Flipping letters. We're, we're flipping letters. Fipple. Fipple. F I P. Yes, F-I-P-P-L-E. And we don't use it. It's your brain. <laughs> I use mine every day, probably more than I should. Is that possible? Common if you were inside sense? my head, you would understand. Common sense. No, because I think the three of us generally have common sense. We usually use common sense, and we're very, very aware of it. Something we very seldom, if ever, use. A urinal. I don't... You usually use a urinal. You know, I think that's good. I think I, I, I'm going with the urinal. I'm back in Marriott. Urinal. Here we get one. It's a bottle stopper. Oh. Yeah, oh. we don't use it <laughs> Well, I do. But Well, when you finish the bottle in one sitting, you don't really need a bottle stopper. Well, since right. it's just me drinking alone. Gosh, that sentence is a sad sentence. <laughs> I generally try not to finish a bottle. You know what? When I am at home with a bottle of wine, I do use a fipple. So I can't tell you the last time I used a fipple. If ever. All right. I'm using a fipple right now. <laughs> do you need a moment? <laughs> what are you using it for? No, wait, don't answer that. <laughs> you like to know. <laughs> we don't need to know where you're putting your corks, what you're doing with your corks, Hopper. Sometimes it's all you can find. <laughs> Mary, self-love comes in many forms. Well, I was just thinking that I actually have one that changes colors. A bottle stopper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have one that looks like a ship's wheel. Remember, we bought that on vacation together at the museum. Ouch. <laughs> he hasn't used it. <clears throat> I've wow. used it in a bottle of wine. All right. Hannah, you want to tell people what we're drinking today? Since we're drinking. <laughs> what is going on with your cat? She's insane. 
She's on hallucinogenics. Clearly. Dear Lord, it's like a herd of buffalo. That I meow. I know. I know. Back and forth, back and forth. Up and down. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. You know, they, they can sense things. Maybe she senses something. Maybe she's just a PIA. Oh, here she comes. Here she goes. A PIA. Oh, I know what that stands for. I figured it out. Actually, we usually call them PETAs. But so today we we have fallen back to uh, a favorite brand because they are relatively local. We do drink them a lot. It is St. Julian's. And today we are drinking the unlikely flavor of cotton candy. Yeah. Yeah. I was skeptical. I first got this um, because I'm a club member. So then they just choose to send to you. So I got one as a club member and I thought this is going to be horrible. And that was my first because thought too. I hate cotton candy. I don't like this that aftertaste. It's like, it's too it's sweet. Too There's sweet. a icky, no, weird this is, aftertaste. This is a really beautiful cotton candy color. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. It's a beautiful. But it's also lovely in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet without, you know what it kind of reminds me of? And I wonder if they used these. Have you had cotton candy grapes? No. So there are grapes that are called cotton candy grapes and they're big and they're fat. And I've heard of them. They are legitimately delicious um, and surprisingly do taste like cotton candy, but without the ickiness. So I wonder if that's part of what they use in this wine. I don't know, but it is. It's quite wonderful. It is. If you, I will not be using a fipple on this bottle. If you happen, I hope not. It's a screw top. It doesn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if lost you, the screw top, you might need a fipple. No, nah, I doubt it. Not me. If you haven't tried St. Julian's cotton candy and you come across it and you have the opportunity to try it, I, I would recommend it. Although I will say, if you don't like sweet wines, you probably will not enjoy this. It is a bit on the sweeter end. Yeah, yeah I would agree with you. It is quite lovely, though. It is quite lovely, but it is a little more sweet even than normally you and I would choose. Yeah. So, All right. Ladies, do we have any tidbits today? Always. Okay. Always. All right. Breaking news. This just in. Police in Ohio say that they are on the hunt for an unusual piece of stolen property. Oh. An entire 58-foot long pedestrian bridge. Police say that the the city had planned to repurpose the bridge in a new location. But they recently discovered that the $40,000 bridge had been stolen from its temporary home. Police also say that the bridge has little recycling value, so they suspect it was taken by someone who intends to actually use it. Because that's not noticeable. It could be used for a variety of different things to include something as simple as landscaping, or they could use it for an engineering project or some other large scale project. I personally didn't see a reward posted for its return. And I didn't read about any ransom demands being made. So three days later, police in Ohio say that they have arrested a suspect accused of stealing an entire 58 foot pedestrian bridge it was temporarily stored in a field. The Akron Police Department said that David Bramley, 63, of Sharon Township, was arrested and charged with felony theft. 
after a search warrant executed on a property in Medina County resulted in the partially disassembled bridge being recovered. Police say that Branley allegedly paid a local trucking company for a crane service and that the crane was used to lift the bridge onto and off of a vehicle which was used to transport it from the Akron field where it had been stored. The bridge formerly served as a pedestrian walkway along the little, I know how to say it, but I don't know how to say it, the Little River in Middlebury Run Park, but was moved to an open field as, as part of a wetlands restoration project. Police say that the city had planned to repurpose the bridge in another location, but then they discovered it had been stolen from the storage field. Authorities did not reveal any possible motive for the theft. I'm glad we had a good outcome for this story because it could have turned out much darker. <laughs> oh my God, Mary. All right. <clears throat> a while ago, we touched on a story <clears throat> about a man lived in Georgia and his, his boss owed him. He had, he had quit the business and the boss owed him um, paycheck and boss refused to pay him. He'd contacted right. the labor department and the boss paid him in pennies. Remember this? Yes. And Dumped it like, in his driveway. And they were like all oily and gross. Dumped it in his driveway. I have a little follow-up. Awesome. Now, yes, because I don't, I think you're the one that brought us that, that story. I am. Okay. Now I am going to actually just read you this article because this, I, I probably couldn't have written it better. Okay. So this, this follow-up article is coming from Insider News. U.S. government sues Georgia auto repair shop that dumped more than 91,000 pennies in a former employee's driveway. Why is the government suing them? Well, you're about to find out. Okay. So when Mr. Flayton, I think that's how you pronounce his name, didn't receive his final paycheck from a former employer last January, he complained about it, calling the U.S. Department of Labor to lodge an accusation of wage theft. The employer responded by leaving more than 91,000 pennies on the driveway of his former employee in Fayetteville, Georgia. Now the U.S. government is suing that company, arguing the act constituted illegal retaliation. <gasps> Ooh. In a complaint filed with a federal court in Georgia, the Department of Labor accuses AOK Walker Auto Works and its owner, Miles Walker, of more than just pettiness. The lawsuit claims the auto repair shop bilked its workers out of money they were owed. The lawsuit accuses the company of repeatedly and willfully failing to pay time and a half for overtime, instead relying on a flat rate of pay, regardless of whether someone worked more than 40 hours in a week. <clears throat> AOK Auto Works did not respond to a message seeking comment. The March 2021 penny stunt, along with the complaint that preceded it, appears to have prompted investigators to take a closer look at the shop's books. Uh-oh, this is not going to be good. I honestly didn't think anything would be done, Flayton said in a phone interview with Insider. He didn't expect much when he first argued his wages had been stolen. What's happened since has restored some of his faith in the government, and he thinks it should be a lesson to other workers who find themselves in a similar position. They definitely should not be scared to reach out, he said. Speak up. Don't be quiet about it, because if you're quiet about it, it's just going to happen to, again to you and somebody else. The saga began in January 2021 when Flayton called the Department of Labor to say he was missing $915 for the complaint. Soon after, on January 27th, 
a representative from the department's wage and hour division called the company to find out what had happened. The lawsuit says Flayton's former employers were defiant at first, saying they would not give him a penny. It says that hours later, however, Walker, the owner, decided that he would pay after all, one cent at a time. How can you make this guy realize what a disgusting example of a human being he is? The lawsuit quotes Walker as saying before adding, you know what, I've got plenty of pennies. I'll use them. The court documents say that on top of the pile of pennies, Defendants left a copy of Mr. Flinton's last paycheck with an expletive written on the outside. <gasps> That's rude. The only point of contention is how the pennies came to be coated in oil. The company says it did not do that. Flayton says he still has a stain in his driveway. They don't come from the bank that way. Exactly. The company dedicated a page on its website to the penny stunt in which it pushes back against cancel culture. Because after the incident went viral, the company's online reviews tanked. The page urges readers to take a stand against the tyranny of an overbearing government. It also appears to complain about Flayton in a series of questions. Flayton said he wasn't too bothered by any of that. As with an angry toddler, he said, you just got to kind of ignore it. So that guy that that Miles Walker thought that he was going to get the last laugh. Right. And instead... Now he's in trouble with the law. Wow. Yeah, because you get them from the bank in Rawls. They're not going to come all oil stained. Well, and remember, he dumped them. Right. Yeah, he absolutely, he did. I mean, he went and got them from the bank, and then he obviously opened all the rolls, and that's crappy. Well, I think the government getting involved just makes sense. On something like that, I agree. I mean, yeah, sometimes they overstep their bounds, but on something like that, yeah, the little man needs a little bit of help, give it to him. And that's not, you know, the government being overbearing. It's just the department doing their job. Yeah. Cool update. Yeah, I thought that might be interesting for us to listen to. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to Indiana next. Okay. A stretch of interstate in Indiana experienced hours of delay when a semi-crash resulted in a large amount of honey being spilled across the highway, creating an enormously sticky situation. (laughs) Gee, you think? Indiana State Police said that an earlier morning crash in the Fair Oaks area caused honey to be spilled across all lanes of Interstate 65 at mile marker 219. The cleanup operation lasted for several hours, and all lanes of traffic were reopened for business early Tuesday afternoon. No injuries were reported from the crash, and I am not pulling your leg with this story. Jesus. That is a sweet story, Mary. Sweet. And if you haven't had quite enough, if there's a bee in my hand, what's in my eye? What? If there's a bee in my hand, what's in my eye? A tooth? Beauty. Because beauty is in the eye of the bee holder. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be telling that joke later. (laughs) Good one, Lynn. Good one. That was a good joke. I loved it. That was a good follow. All right. Well, Lynn, I believe that you are up with a story for us. I am. On September 6, 1941, in the middle of World War II, the British Royal Air Force mounted an assault on the German-occupied city of Oslo. Astrid, a 30-year-old Norwegian woman, suffered shrapnel injury to the left side of her head as she ran for shelter. After a few days in a coma, she woke up paralyzed on the right side of her body and unable to speak. Slowly, 
She regained use of her right side, and then she began to speak again. But the way she spoke was different. Instead of her usual Norwegian accent, people now said she had a German accent. And this was very unfortunate for her, as during that time, Norwegians did not like the Germans, and it made her life difficult. People thought she was a spy. They didn't want to associate with her, and stores would actually refuse to sell things to her. She had no reason to purposely do this. She'd never been outside Oslo, nor did she know anyone who was German. The only time she would have even heard that accent were in public settings on an occasion if she was around the German soldiers. Two years later, her case came to the attention of a professor of neurology, George Herman Monrad Krohn. And after meeting her, even he thought she must be German or French. Astrid was not the only person, or even the first, to wake up from a coma speaking in an accent. This is called foreign accent syndrome, and this rare condition only has about 100 known cases and was coined in 1982 by the neurolinguist Harry Whitaker. The first report of it was actually in 1907 by Pierre-Marie in France. Kath Lockett of Staff, Staffordshire, England, didn't feel well one evening in 2004, and she went to bed. The next morning, she woke up with a strange lisp. After a couple of days, the lisp got worse, and she could not even speak or swallow. She went to the hospital where they actually diagnosed her with a rare brain condition. After 13 days there at the hospital, she went home, still unable to speak. Slowly, her speech came back, and she had what was described as an Eastern European accent. A store clerk asked her what part of Poland she was from, and later, that same exact day, two other people thought she was Russian. She says she has also been told she sounds Italian or Lithuanian. When she hears recordings of her former Staffordshire accent, it actually makes her cry. She says she feels she has been robbed and has no homeland now. January 4th, 2010. 49-year-old Kay Russell from Bishop's Cleve, Britain had a migraine. She suffered from migraines for years, but this was a particularly bad one. She went to bed only to wake up with a slurred voice. When the slurring cleared, she was left with a French accent. Kay was a sales executive. But when her accent did not go away, she lost her self-confidence and ended up quitting her job. She said, it's not just her voice and her, and her identity that are not her, but her actual facial movements and even the way she writes now is different. Karen Butler, who lived in Oregon, was not in an accident. She didn't even have a rare brain condition. In 2009, she went in for a routine dental surgery. When I, I she woke up, when so she woke up, she was very swollen and thought she sounded funny, like she had an accent. The dental surgeon said, it's just the swelling. And when the swelling goes away, she would be back to sounding normal. The swelling went away, but the accent did not. Her accent is described as Irish, sometimes English, sometimes European. Doctors suspect she may have suffered a small stroke while under uh, anesthesia, but because her insurance won't pay for tests to make sure it's only a guess at this point. Karen is different from the others because she actually enjoys her accent and finds it amusing. She says it makes her feel more confident and she likes it. So these people all woke up with a strange accent. But what happens when it's not just a strange accent that you wake up with? 
In October 2015, Hannah Jenkins, Berkshire, England, was in a bicycle accident. She'd been cycling in a park by her house when she went around a corner and collided with another cyclist. An unconscious Hannah was airlifted to the hospital. When she woke up, she was confused. She didn't know she, where she was, why she was there, or even how she got there. And no one spoke English. She tried to ask questions, and people kept talking to her in this foreign language. She could not understand a single thing they were saying, and they did not understand her. The doctors, meanwhile, were puzzled. Her ID said Hannah Jenkins and gave her address. She lived there in that town, but she did not seem to understand or respond to English at all and clearly wasn't speaking it. They contacted her sister by phone, who asked to talk to Hannah. Soon, Hannah and her sister were chatting away. Hannah was relieved to talk to someone and asked why no one in the hospital was speaking English. Her sister explained to her they were speaking English. It was Hannah who was not. She was speaking German. Because her physical injuries were minor, she was soon released to go home where she lived with her boyfriend, Andrew. And she soon discovered how bad her language problem was and how difficult it was to communicate when you don't speak the same language. He didn't speak German and she no longer speak, spoke English. He took an 18th month sabbatical from his job to help her. And even three years later, she was still struggling with English. It had become her second language. She had to learn it again. Hannah said that in the morning. So she spoke it before the bicycle accident? Yeah. Yeah, did she, she spoke English. Okay. But did she speak German before the bicycle accident? We'll get to that. You just hold that, that question. I'm almost done with this part. Okay. Hannah That's said in the morning. Really awesome. Yeah. When she was fresh, it was easier to speak English. But by afternoon, her brain would shut down and switch to German, and she couldn't speak English. She was coming to terms with the fact that she would never be the same. But she's not alone. Ruben Ensimo was a 16-year-old sophomore living in Atlanta, Georgia, when he received a concussion during a soccer game September 24th of 2016 after getting kicked in the head by another player while going after a loose ball. He actually went into shock on the field and had to be airlifted to the hospital where he was in a coma for three days while his family stayed by his side. On the third day, he opened his eyes and began speaking Spanish. The first thing he said was, tango hombre, I'm hungry. Ruben could not speak English, his native language. When he tried, he had seizures. He said Spanish felt natural and it just came out. After a couple weeks, he recovered his ability to speak English and his Spanish began to fade. Did the rest of his family speak Spanish? Nope. Wow. Yeah. So it's not even like he heard it as a child. No, that is, oh. Just wait. Sorry, this I'll, is so I'll, I'll get into, yeah, I know. I know. I was like, I'd heard these stories before and never thought about it until I started researching these. So Alan Morgan from Somerset, England was 81 when he had a stroke. His wife rushed him to the hospital for treatment. He was in a, unable to talk for about four days. And when he did, he could not speak English, his native language. He was speaking Welsh. Luckily, his wife spoke Welsh and translated for him. He didn't even realize at first he wasn't speaking English. His wife had to tell him. After about three days, his English came back and the ability to speak Welsh slowly faded. One more, in 2012, 
Ben McMahon from Australia was riding in a car when a semi-trailer ran a red light and T-boned his vehicle. He was rushed to the hospital and placed in a medically induced coma for a week. He was in and out of consciousness for two weeks after that. And during that time, he was very frustrated that no one could understand him except for one nurse who spoke Mandarin. After a couple of days, he regained the ability to speak English. He was in the hospital for about a month when he spoke both Mandarin and English. After that, he went on a Chinese dating show, met a girl. They eventually broke up, but he was very excited for that experience because that led him to the show. That show led him to his career that he now has in Chinese reality TV. That's crazy. It is crazy. What causes the syndrome are the people crazy. Yeah. Are the people faking their accent? What about the people who speak another language? Can someone suddenly wake up and speak a language previously unknown? So we're first going to look at the accent change cases. People with foreign accent syndrome are sometimes thought to be faking it, but their accents remain consistent over time and have been proven not to be, be fake. It actually occurs when there is damage to the brain often the middle cerebral artery, as well as the region associated with speech. That's mostly the left hemisphere of the brain. Damage to the brain affects the pattern and intonation of the speech. And there's a lot of variability to this due to the severeness and location of the injury on each person being different. An article in the Journal of Neurology, Neuroscience, and Psychiatry in 2019 did a study on it, and they reported that patients having a foreign accent it can last from two months to 18 years with a mean or average length of three years. Wow. People with foreign accent syndrome are unable to actually pronounce many syllables and especially the vowels correctly, making it sound like an accent. The patterns to these mistakes sound similar to accents to many people. And different people hear different accents from the same person. If you think about it, I mentioned those on there. Some people thought she was sounded French or whatever. So according to Karen Crute, who's a specialist in foreign accident syndrome, it's just an accident of chance that happens to that person that what happens to their speech happens to overlap with features of a known accent. So they don't actually have an accent to us because they're speaking differently, we associate it with an accent that we've heard. So whatever accent it reminds us of, we are now convinced they sound French, but they don't actually have an accent. It's actually a speech impediment that they have. Interesting. Yeah. Interestingly, though, many people who have it suffer from depression because they feel like they've lost part of their identity. They sound different. They don't sound like themselves. And a lot of people that I read about became recluses, quit jobs, just didn't want to talk about it. Only a few really enjoyed it, like the one lady who thought it was cool. Um, cool. All right. So the second group of people, when people lose the ability to speak their native language, but can speak another language, it is called bilingual aphasia. It is an offset from the foreign accent syndrome. And there's a lot less people who actually have that. People with bilingual aphasia have also suffered from damage to the brain. But in this case, the damage is to the language production center where you produce language. Um, The language is stored in a different area of the brain depending on when you learn it. So your native language that you start learning as a baby 
And then anything you learn in the first couple years um, is predominantly stored on the left side. Second languages and languages that you learn when you're older are stored on the right side. So that's yes. interesting too. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, really, I wouldn't have even thought that that was right. What went on as you were learning? Now, as a teacher, I do remember learning about that because having to work with second language learners who come from other countries. Yeah, we really have. I knew that I didn't know that exact mechanism to it, but I did know that it's a completely different process. If you try to learn another language when you're older, and the older you get, more difficult the more difficult it is. Like I'm trying Spanish right now and oh my goodness, it's just such a struggle. And I'm like, I know it's easier than English, but holy cow. But Maybe yeah, so, would smack you on the head that would help you. And that you would, so. Know it. Yes. If there's or you wake up talking, I don't know Japanese. Valley girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need an injury for that one. That just could happen at any point. <laughs> I hope um, that if that happens, you will become a recluse because we don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> you miss it. All right. So if there's trauma to the left side where your language, your first language is learned, you could lose your ability to speak that language. Now, if you have no knowledge of another language, no knowledge at all, you've never taken classes on it, you, you don't know anybody who speaks it, you've never heard it, you would not be able to communicate. And we've probably seen people like that who've had strokes and then they can't really communicate or they try to talk and they really can't. They don't have a second language. However, if you have knowledge of another language, you took it in high school even, it's still there in your brain. And now your brain wants to be able to communicate. So it's going to rewire itself and use that language. And the injury actually helps you. And that's what you were saying. If someone smacked in the head, it would help you because if you don't have access to that previous language that you spoke fluently, you're not trying to overcome it because normally what happens is like, like you look at your dog and you want to say it in Spanish and you think, oh, that's a dog in Spanish. It's perro. And then you say the word perro. There's a lot of thinking going on from your first language to your second language. If you can't access your first language, it's automatic. That's all that's there. So your brain doesn't have that hurdle to overcome. It just kind of becomes more natural and fluent. A lot of sense, right? Yes. And the, the other thing is the people who report these injured people as speaking another language fluently. So, you know, the family members are like, he woke up speaking Spanish fluently. A lot of those people don't actually speak the language or speak it well. So they don't really know if grammatically you're saying something or if you're saying whole sentences or you're just putting a couple words together that kind of, you know, water, give me, you know, to a non-English person, they might be like, oh, they're fluent in English. You have people waking up in the hospital that are speaking other languages. This isn't just family telling that they're speaking. Right, 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 right. But doctors don't always speak those other languages either. Right. So even a doctor might say, oh, yeah, they sounded fluent in Spanish. Well, if the doctor doesn't speak Spanish, it sounds fluent to him. Right. So but really what they might be saying is, I want to eat a book for breakfast tomorrow right now. Or but it's breakfast. Fluent. They might just be saying a few words, not a complete sentence. So. Right. So what the scientists have said is you are not any better at the language than you were when you went into the coma. So whatever level you were at, you're not magically better at it. 
you're at the same level you were. You just have less processing for the other. So you're going to say it sounding more fluent, but it may not necessarily be more fluent. I don't know if I agree with that because like scientists, they, they're based on fact and logic. Yes. And I can understand that. There's always stuff that happens, especially with the human brain, that nobody can really explain. Honestly, they can't. Yes. yes. So let's look at the cases that I went over. Hannah, who was in the bike accident, who woke up speaking German and still years later had a hard time with English. Hannah had learned German as a child. It was actually the language spoken to her sister regularly every time they talked. Her mother spoke four languages and her father spoke seven. And as a child, the parents insisted that they only speak German to keep it in their head as a family. So she, it was a definite second language to her that she was very proficient in, which is probably why it didn't fade as fast. And that, you know, it took over and her brain's just like, this is so much easier for, for it right now. And I'm guessing she had a pretty decent head injury that English didn't even come back. Yeah. So. If you, if you do any research on aphasia, there's some really interesting cases out there that don't even involve foreign language. Right, right. Yeah. There's, there was a whole bunch. I could have gone down like 20 different rabbit holes on this one. Oh yeah. Easily. Okay. So Ruben. The boy who was 16 woke up speaking Spanish. Right. Before the accident, his family said he only heard Spanish from his brothers who had actually studied in Spain and his Spanish-speaking teammates. He had never taken a class or anything. In this case, though, tango hombre is a real basic sentence that I can't imagine most kids don't hear. So I didn't read about any of the phrases he was saying that he was having great depth of Spanish. If he woke up and he asked where he was, why he was there, what happened to him, that would be impressive. But but two word phrases and stuff, that's real basic Spanish. So again, on that one, I think it was just what he had heard and kind of knew, but it sounded impressive to his family. So um, Alan Morgan, the 81 year old, um, Alan had lived in Wales for 70 years before he went and lived with his grandma at the age, from the ages of four to nine. So Um, 70 years previously. So when he was four, he went to live with his grandma and lived with her for five years. And his grandma didn't speak English. So he had actually learned Welsh as a child. Now, after he moved back, he had never spoken it again, but it was still in his brain. He just didn't remember it at all. So to me, it it reminded me of like, if you break your right hand and you're right-handed, you're going to start using your left hand and become better at it. But then once your right hand heals, you'll probably go back to using your right hand. You're not going to continue to use your left hand. It's dominant. Yeah. So um, Ben McMahon, uh, Mandarin. Before the accident, he had taken classes in Mandarin in high school. He knew some basics, but said he wasn't fluent. He said that after the accident, his brain completely switched. He wasn't even thinking in English and translating to Mandarin. Everything was just in Mandarin, kind of what I explained earlier. He said it just flowed naturally. So I think with him, he had some basics. And he obviously he was good enough to go on talk shows and make it a career. But he probably was like a natural language learner that he just picked it up really fast. And just, you know, I think that once he started using it, got better and better. So yeah. So, yeah. And I think because he had just learned it, it wasn't 
so old that it faded because most of the other person people their accent or not their accent their language faded because they didn't use it but i'm guessing because he liked it and was using it regularly it stayed with him so oh very cool yeah so um if you speak another language and get injured you might wake up and uh speak that language but you're not going to wake up speaking a language you've never spoken or heard before so so yeah so if i get injured in the head it could be valley girl great um don't I, don't let brennan hit you in the head then i have also heard of people who have had brain injuries or gone into a coma or in some cases even things like dental surgery and afterwards they have the ability to, we'll say, play the piano. Yes. Yes. yes that's actually where my, the next story, the offshoot of this story, there was one particular person and I had read they'd gotten injured and then they, they woke up with an accent, but it's so much more than that. They are a completely different person. Like their personality is completely different. Mm -hmm. What they like is different. And they are, um, they have different talents that are like, they're like a savant now. So oh. I just was like, oh my gosh, this person needs their own story. So I will be doing it. would actually be really them. interested in that story because yeah, I, I, I've just come across those stories or heard about yeah. them like on yep. the radio and things like that. I've never done any research on them. So it would be a really interesting story to hear. Yeah, yeah, she, um, her family put up a page on her. It's not even articles that I'm reading. It's, it's actually the family talking about her and interviews with her and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy interesting. Ooh, I'm excited for that story. Then. That'll be a really yeah. cool story. Yes, yeah, so well, we I will try to have that uh, soon. It's we'll going to take listen to that one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to that one instead of just pretending. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That was Coming awesome. soon, an really interesting story. story. Yeah, that was a really good story. Thank it you, was. Lynn. I love it. Wow, very cool. Yep. Super, super. She brings a whole nother level to the table. Yeah. It makes me think, though, that, that it's a good reason to always have a second language, because if you have a stroke or something, I'd rather be able to speak in a foreign language than not at all. That is, yeah, I mean, I can I can see that point of view. Like the one, the one who woke up speaking German, if she hadn't had German, she would be probably absolutely unable to communicate three years later, still not really being able to communicate that that'd probably ruin your life. German, you can probably, you know, I assume do something with at least if you have a translator. Yeah. Well, we all have translators on our phone. Now everybody's got a phone. That's true. That's true. But. Well, I will pose an interesting question for you ladies to think about, because this actually came up at work. Okay. Um, received a product and I went to put it on the shelf. And when I went to put this product on the shelf, I noticed that on the bottom of the product, there was Braille. Okay. It's the first time I've ever put a product on our shelves that I openly noticed had Braille writing on it. Mm -hmm. And a coworker posed this question. Is Braille its own universal language or is Braille different in foreign languages? I actually researched that did at you? one point in time. Yeah, I actually I did. I feel like we, we, I feel like this, we, we mentioned this one, this one other we time. Did. I don't recall this conversation. Yeah. But I don't think any of us knew the answer. And I think we just said, oh, we should look that up. 
I do. I remember looking it up, but I don't remember what I found, but it was really definitive. So it was, it was very, very definitive. Okay. So if you think about it, Um, so Braille can be used for any, any language that uses the same letters we use. You obviously for like Chinese couldn't use it because they use symbols. Braille's not a language. What? Okay. Braille is not a language. Braille is a set of symbols. And each symbol is based on um, a thing of three rows and two columns. Right. Obviously. So you can write it, you can read it. Um, but it this is what this says. Like the Latin alphabet, it can be used for any number of languages. So it's it is universal. It is universal. depending on what's around you, depends on how you read it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's uncontracted Braille, which consists of their alphabet plus punctuation and other symbols. Um, contracted Braille uses more characters and more abbreviations. Someone's here. So yeah, it's a universal symbol thing. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm sure there's like, there's, there's probably Braille for like Russian letters and stuff. Cause don't they have some weird letters? We don't have like the Russian alphabet. A lot of languages have the letters we don't have. He's right there. Yeah, we're nice. But yeah, yeah, I remember Googling that. I just don't remember what I learned. Yeah, if you Google Russian Braille, you can see the the Braille alphabet for Russia. So yeah, so each language would have their own symbols, just like yeah. So so I wouldn't call it universal actually, because they wouldn't use the same one for each country. They would use a different one, right? They would use the same symbols. They would just be read differently. Depending well, no, like on Russia. Reading. Russian has different letters than we do. If you look at the Russian alphabet, it's not, they don't use ABC. They use other things. Kind of like in Spanish, Mary, they have the um, double L or they have the uh, N with the tilde above it. That's got the uh, sound. Those are different from, from ours. So they would need their own symbols for those. So yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting though. And I hadn't thought about that. Products don't have Braille on them. So what happens if you're blind and need to go shopping? Right. I mean, a lot of us would just think people would help you, but what happens if you're a blind person who doesn't have people to help you? Right. Because a lot of them aren't going to have that help. That's an interesting thing. I never thought about that. They just eat whatever they buy. They just walk down the row of cans and grab something and say, I don't know what I'm having for dinner. It's like, it's always a surprise. It's like when they used to um, put cans in the clearance rack that didn't have labels. Surprise. Have never, ever, ever done that. Oh, Katie and I used to do that all the time. Oh, you are way more adventurous than I am. For God's sakes, you know, 10 cents. It looks like it's dog food for dinner tonight. Had <laughs> some spices and, you know, some herbs and salt and pepper. It'd be good. Yeah, because there were some things that I think I remember one time I was babysitting and they had, um, it was a can, like chili. No, no, no. It was like stew in a can or something. I don't know. But when I opened it, I honest to God thought, I think this looks like what dog food probably can dog food would look like. And I oh, yeah. feel like you might open a can and without a label and be like, is it dog food? Is it stew? Is it chili? I don't know. It's, and how would you know? It's a surprise. No, thank you. No, thank you. 
Well, we're kind of past that point in our life, aren't we? I don't know if you are. You you did it. I never I was never at that point. Remember, I was no, always no. the picky person who was like, Yeah, I'll starve before I eat this stuff. Right. That was an amazing story. That was really, really good. I really liked that. She brings some wonderful stuff to our table. Thank you. Well, thank you to everyone who stopped by and lent us their ear. We hope that you've all enjoyed Lynn's story today and our little tidbits and our goofiness. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can email us, get hold of us at tmsidntk at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter. We are. Woohoo! Yeah. If you message us on any of them, we do get back. We It is us responding. We don't have someone else running our pages. So if you have suggestions, ideas, comments. Oh, absolutely. Things you'd like to share with us, things you'd like us to share with others, feel free to send them our way. Hell yes. We get a lot of our ideas from, from listeners. Yeah. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, feel free to follow our podcast. Leave us a rating and a review because that does really super duper help us. Takes you like 60 seconds. It tells us how we're doing. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, it does. And you can basically find us wherever you are listening to this podcast at. We are all over the streaming platforms. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're on pretty much every major streaming platform. If you know of a platform we're not on, let us know. We'll work to get ourselves added. Hell yeah. If you want to cross advertise with us, if you have your own podcast, hit us up. We will definitely definitely throw a trailer for your podcast on ours yeah absolutely not a problem all right do we have a final thought i do Ooh, ooh, we love a final thought all right lynn hit us with a final thought all right uh we all smile in the same language oh i love it that's That's good that's pretty awesome have a great day everyone bye guys love you Every time it rains, it rains Pennies from heaven Don't you know each cloud contains Pennies from heaven You'll find your fortunes falling All over the town Be sure that your umbrella is upside down Trade them for a package of Sunshine and flowers If you want the things you love You must have showers So when you hear it thunder Don't run under a tree There'll be pennies from heaven for you and me. Package of 
sunshine and flowers If you want the things you love You must have showered So when you hear it thunder Don't run under a tree There'll be pennies from heaven for you 